You're listening, listening to, to Bible, Bible Plus. Bible Plus from Seesaw. Bible Plus is a podcast featuring short, daily discussions of every chapter in the New Testament. Bible Plus is designed to increase Bible reading, understanding, and enjoyment. Get more out of the Bible. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to our Bible Plus podcast. Today, we come to chapter 22 of the book of Luke, the gospel portraying Christ as the man savior who has come to bring about the New Testament jubilee. In the previous chapter, the Lord was preparing his disciples for his second coming, that they would be watchful, beseeching the Lord, that they would prevail to escape the things which were about to take place and to stand before the Son of Man. Chapter 22 begins with the continuation of the Lord's preparation of his disciples before his crucifixion and resurrection. Chapter 22 opens up with three parties, the Lord's disciples, the opposers, leaders in the Jewish community who were seeking to arrest Jesus, and the enemy who operated in Judas. It is very prudent to note that whenever the Lord is working, especially when it concerns his will, the enemy is also very active. In verses 7 through 23 of this chapter, the Lord institutes the Lord's Supper, the Lord's Table. This is a very crucial section of the word because it marks the transition from the Old Testament Passover to the New Testament Supper of the Lord. The Passover feast was a sign of God's full redemption. In the Old Testament, God's chosen people were in captivity, enslaved to Egypt, representing the world, and deprived of God's allotted portion for them which was the land of Canaan, a picture of Christ as the inheritance of the New Testament believers. The Passover was a remembrance of their deliverance from the death angel God used to judge Egypt because of the blood of the Passover lamb. And the Passover was a feast in which they ate all of the lamb, and this enabled them, gave them the strength to leave Egypt. This lamb is a symbol of Christ which we receive so that we can enter into the full enjoyment of himself as the good land. In Luke 4, the man Savior stood in the synagogue and announced, quoting Isaiah, that he is the fulfillment of the Jubilee to his people. The New Testament Jubilee has the Lord's Supper as a symbol or a sign that we have been set free from the bondage of sin and death and we are being brought forth into the full enjoyment of God. After verse 18, there is a development that the Passover is no longer an Old Testament reflection as described in Exodus 12 and 13. But now, through the partaking of the bread and the cup, the Lord's table has come to symbolize the fulfillment of God's will for His people through Christ. Through the Lord's death and resurrection, according to Hebrews 8 through 10, Christ instituted a new covenant, a better covenant, which became the New Testament after his resurrection. And in this new covenant, there's a base for God to be one with his redeemed and regenerated people in what we now call as the dispensation of grace. The bread signifies his body, which was given for his believers according to 1 Corinthians 11.24, and the cup signifies the blood shed for their sins according to Matthew 26.28. An even more intrinsic view is that the bread denotes life, according to John 6.35, and the cup denotes blessing, according to 1 Corinthians 10.16. And this blessing is God himself as our portion, according to Psalm 16.5. 
as sinners, our portion should have been the cup of wrath in Revelation 14. But our man Savior partook of this cup, and now our obligation is simply to enjoy the cup of salvation, which is Christ himself. Whenever we come together to participate in the Lord's Supper, we testify of God's rich and marvelous salvation through his redeeming and life-imparting death as the man Savior. It's also interesting to note that in the Old Testament, um, Passover, they partake of the lamb. But in the New Testament, Lord's Supper, there's bread. Bread comes from processed grains. In John 12, 24, we see that the Lord fell into the ground as a grain of wheat. But his death produced many grains, us who constitute the church of God. In the Old Testament, the enjoyment was that of a singular lamb. But through the Lord's death and resurrection, we can partake of the Christ who is now the loaf. And this Christ, who is the loaf, is the corporate Christ, which is the church. The disciples were distracted and befuddled. After the Lord's marvelous speaking concerning his death and resurrection, they were distracted by who would be greater. This showed that they did not have the inward revelation concerning the significance of the Lord's Supper, and that they had a natural understanding. We should learn of the disciples and be different. We should not care for the throne or for sitting at the Lord's right or left hand. This is a matter of the kingdom in the next age. Rather, we should care for the loaf, the body, the church life, and we should care for the cup, for the triune God being our portion for us to enjoy in eternity and which we can enjoy now. In verse 35 through 37, the Lord spoke to the disciples about buying a sword. This wasn't instructions for the disciples to arm themselves, but a warning that the people's attitudes would be cold towards him and his followers and that his disciples would be persecuted. The disciples were zealous, and Peter led them in saying that he would never turn his back on the Lord. The Lord realized that they were still very natural in their understanding, and the Lord had to go to the cross and be resurrected in order to fulfill God's will. He warned the disciples that they would betray him and that they would be scattered. This humbled them very much. I was very shepherded by the Lord's words in verse 31. He said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan has asked to have you all to sift you as wheat. But I have made petition concerning you that your faith would not fail. And you, once you have turned again, establish your brothers. Peter really did love the Lord, but his understanding of God's will was very shallow. The Lord had to die and resurrect to be life to man, to be the bread and the wine to be our portion. When Peter denied the Lord three times, surely he felt very very and utterly defeated. But the Lord was able to recover and gain Peter to the point where in Acts 2.11, he no longer stood independently from the disciples, but he spoke together as one with the rest of the brothers after the outpouring of the Spirit. And the Lord really shepherded Peter through these ver- verses, through these words in verse 31. At the end of chapter 22, we come to the evening uh, at the Garden of Gethsemane and the Lord's persecution at the hands of the Jewish Sanhedrin. At the conclusion of this chapter, it is important to note that the Lord was not caught. The Lord knew of the suffering that that would ensue, but he was willing to follow through to do it according to the Father's will. In verse 44, he was in great agony, even sweating drops of blood, praying, Lord, Take this cup away from me, but not my will, but your will be done. 
According to Hebrews 12, 2, the Lord endured the cross, despised the shame, because of the joy that was set before him, which is the church. Eventually, his life would be poured out as a drink offering, which consummates in the church of God, fulfilling the will of God. Before the Jewish Sanhedrin, the Lord stood before them as the Son of God, God himself, the Christ who came to accomplish God's will, and also the Son of Man, our man's Savior. He stood before the accusers, graceful and meek, knowing full well what was about to ensue. But he endured it all, obedient to the Father's will, so that he could be the true Passover feast to us, and so that we could enjoy him as our portion for all of eternity. What a Christ we see in chapter 22 of Luke.